I know you're clapping for Jesus because you're not clapping for the singing, but that's all right. Joel, you stirred that up in me this morning. But I do come today very thankful. I have the privilege of representing him wherever I go. And whatever I do, and whatever conversation I'm in, whatever situation or circumstance I'm in, I have a chance that moment at that time to represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to be a fragrance and aroma to the community around me. Also have the chance in that moment to be a stench in God's nostrils. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's both. We as a church have a mission. We have a vision. We have, a, we have values that we try to live by here at Renovation Church. Our mission is to live by faith, not just the faith, not just the theology, not just the right doctrine, to live by faith. And it also means we want to be people who are found faithful. In other words, when you look at my life and you watch me, I am found faithful. To be known by love, not just any love. Not just phileo love or affectionate love or warm love, but agape love, unconditional love, the love that only can come through supernaturally Christ infusing our lives and we're different. To be a voice of hope. You've heard me say this many times. If you come to know the Lord and you, and you fully sell out to him, it should be good news for Everybody. It should be good news for your neighbor. It should be good news for your parents. It should be good news for your siblings. It should be good news for your spouse. It should be good people that are far away from God and don't believe in him. It should be good news because you're different than you used to be. To live by faith, to be known by love, to be a voice of hope. We have a vision here to raise up influencers through spiritual transformation, to be salt and light where you're engaged and influential. Influencers who are impacting their community, not just by believing the right things and doing the right things, exercises, but by transfer, even though we need to do those, but by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're different. To be salt and light where you're engaged and influential, not trying to have 50 or 100 programs here at the church, but equipping you to be that where God's already planted you. We do that by living out values. The value of transformation, the value of mercy, the value of community. Transformation is what happens to you internally in many ways. It's what God is doing in you. Mercy is what we're going to do out there in the community around us. But community is what's happening here amongst us as we interact with each other. And I realize this day and age, not near as many people are attending church, or at least not as often. But I still believe deep down inside, because I believe God has designed us this way, we need transformation. We need to be able to give our lives away to others, and we need to be in community, real, genuine community. What is a value? A value gives you guardrails. Value gives you boundaries. There are those things we'll, we'll operate within those guardrails as we trace, chase after the vision God has given us. And when you have values and you really believe those, you don't compromise. They're non-negotiables. You're, they're, they're never up for sale. 
and you're willing to pay a dear, dear price, that means maybe, just maybe, unfortunately, you may have to separate from some other folks or may not run with the same crowds even or be able to spend the same amount of money on things you used to or whatever that may be. It may be different because you are willing to pay the price of whatever that is. You're just willing to. It guides you. Matthew 6.21, we don't have the scripture up, but most of you know it if you've been in church long. It's Jesus speaking. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Saying I heard years ago, and I'd give the person credit, but I don't remember who it was, but it's just stuck with me all these years. We may not live out what we profess, but we will always live out what we treasure. We may not live out what we wrote on the wall. We may not live out our company's values. We may not live live out our church's values, but we all will always live out what we treasure most. Because that's where our money's going to end up. That's where our time's going to end up. That's what we're going to protect at all costs. That's just what it is. That's not even, Jesus hadn't even said that. We all know it already. So our values affect every area of our lives. Our values affect how, we, how our marriage operates together if you are married. It, our, our values affect how we parent. It always does. Our values affect how we are single. It always does. It always does. It always does. What you treasure always affects every other part of your life. So values are important. Actually, they're not only just important. It's important to know what they are. But most of us don't. We really don't. We say we do, but we probably have not done a lot of homework on it to figure it out. I love what at the presidential inauguration addressed this past January, I love what Rabbi Marvin Heyer says. says, dispense justice for the needy. And the orphan, they, for they have no one but their fellow citizens. But this is what I love. Because a nation's wealth is measured by her values, not by her vaults. I think we could apply that to anybody's life in this room. In any form. You're really measured by what you treasure. Not by how much money you've got or car you drive or house you live in. You're measured by that ultimately. And Irv McManus says, and I don't have the quote up there, but he says, and we, many of you know the sermon we listened to, watched Battle Ready back in January, February, I think it's February. He was saying, as a community, we have to step into the great issues of life and say, God, we want to be a part of the solutions of what you're doing in the world. But he goes on to say, he said, but, but as a community, we speak from our imperfections, we speak from our flaws, we speak from our brokenness, but we speak from our scars and our wounds, and our battles. We have learned how to fight, and we've learned how to trust. I don't know about you, but I want to hang out with people who've learned how to fight. I don't want to hang out with a lot of quitters. 
I'll pray for you, I'll teach you, I'll coach you, but you ain't influencing me. I don't want to hang out with those people. I want to hang out with fighters. I want to hang out with people who fought for their marriage. I want to hang out with people who have fought for their children. I want to hang out with people who are single, who fight to be single and live it the right way. Those are the people I want to hang out with because they get it. They've been down that road. They've been broken. They have scars, but they have values, and they've set their minds to it. I want to hang out with those people. I'll hang out with all kinds of people. But you've heard me say this before. I'll coach, minister to anyone. The worst of the worst of our society out there, not even in here. But I choose my influencers very, very, very carefully. Because they have all kinds of, all kinds of saying, say into my values and how I act and how I operate. I believe one of our calls is to provide a community that not only has a great cause, we're headed somewhere, but a place where people can be flawed and broken and find healing. One of the things we talk about in that is this beautiful mosaic. When God begins to take fragmented, broken lives and begins to take these pieces and begins to put them together and making something beautiful. It's pretty awesome to watch when he begins to do that and people allow that to happen. And you can start from Genesis and go all the way through to Revelation. The biblical story, this story is about community. It starts with the Trinity, ends in Revelation, that someday we're all going to be together singing and eating. And if you don't like either one of those, you're going to be in trouble in heaven. (laughs) Either one of them. Most of us like eating. Many of us don't like singing. Or maybe it's not, and I understand it's maybe not your natural way, but I think biblically singing is part of it. That's the reason why we do it so much here together, because we believe it's a significant part of community. Revelations 3, 26 through 29 says, Revelation, excuse me, Galatians, sorry about that. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 says, In Christ Jesus You're all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. You know, the Christian church was the first institution in history to bring together on equal footing Jews and Gentiles, men and women free and slave. Think about that. Think about where there is one right now. The first ever to go, you're all the same. You come in equally. And in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, something unbelievable happens. We begin to work together. We begin to find our gifts. We begin to figure out how we can pull the load together, not just the load of service, financial load, all those kind of things. We ask ourselves, how can we do this together? How do we pull this together? 
this beautiful mosaic of Jew and Gentile, men and women, free and slave. Only, only the church ultimately can do that, in my opinion. But I love what 1 Peter 2, 9, it's in the King James, uh, and, and you may have a different version, but that's all right. But King James says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That ye should show forth the priorities of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a peculiar people. You should have said amen there. I'm just telling you. I can see it. But a peculiar people. And what he means by that, you are a possession of the almighty God. You're unique. You're uncommon. A holy nation. A holy tribe. A tribe that's bound together around the world in this vast community. See, Christianity is not just different. It is unique. It's not just another religion amongst other religions. Jesus says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. It's through Christians are through the church, through Christ, that people find God. That separates us. Christ is separate. He is unique. The church is separate. It is unique. It is uncommon. Peculiar. It's peculiar ethos that we talk about here at Renovation. This ethos, this spontaneous reoccurring pattern that happens in a group of people. It's that underlying conviction that determines their beliefs. Determines their values. Determines their worldview. It has the capacity to change everything about our lives. Conviction. When I look at the early church and I look at Paul writing to the first church in 1 Thessalonians, I think it's 1.5, I don't have the scripture up there, but he talks about, it's where we get our, our mission statement in 1.3, talking about live by faith, known by love, being a voice, a voice of hope. It goes down to verse 5 and says, it says, by the power of the Holy Spirit and deep conviction, you did these things. And he goes on to say, everywhere we go, we hear about you guys. Actually, before we even get there and start to talk about you, people are starting to talk, basically talk to you about, talk to us about you because of the way you've lived, through the power of the Holy Spirit and deep, deep conviction. See, when you have deep conviction about something, I can, almost, I can guarantee you that's one of your values. You can have multiple values. They just need to be articulated in a way. But I love what James Bryan Smith talks about being peculiar. He said, I need to be reminded that, that as a follower of Jesus, I am peculiar in the best sense of that word. He said, peculiar, that is, to the world around me that does not live by the teachings of Jesus. My life is rooted in the internal and strong kingdom of God. The roots of my life are in the future, 
safe and secure, which gives me the strength to live unselfishly, to strive for unity in the midst of diversity, to forgive even when it is not easy, to set my standards high, to live generously, to long to be worshiping in the house of the Lord, and to be a witness of new life to a dying world. I need to be reminded that I, I, that I need a community around me to help me remember who and whose I am and what that means for my daily life. I need to be in community. Most people, unfortunately, in the culture we live in today show up, show up to church for their own personal needs. So that means you can pick and choose on the weeks that you want to feel like you come or not. But most people don't show up for church for the needs of others. how important it is we're, we're together. Most of us show up mainly, most people, because of your own needs. And if you don't feel like you need it that week, you just don't come. You don't think out farther enough to go, what about others that if I don't show up this week? What if I don't? What if I don't? And for many of you, and I know in our culture today, it's a whole lot easier to attend a larger church. And I understand all that. I've been in larger churches, been pastor on larger churches. But one of the things I think that, that, that allows you in a larger church is to avoid what we're talking about today. In a smaller setting, in a smaller church, you have to rub shoulders with people. Actually, you have to rub shoulders with people you may not even like. I love what Henry Nouwen defines community. I love what he says. He says, community is that place where the person you least want to live with always lives. He said, often we surround ourselves with people we most want to live with, thus forming a club or a clique, not a community. Anyone can form a club. It takes grace, shared vision, and hard work to form a community. It's hard work. And it's inconvenient. And it's messy. That's the reason why the value of transformation cannot be disconnected from the value of community. You've got to be being transformed to be able to live what he just what I just quoted there. To live with grace. See, we believe the good news of Jesus Christ is intended to have an impact on your life and on my life. It's not just to get the right doctrine. It's not just to get the right theology. It is to change your life in these unbelievable ways. Not just a little cosmetic here, not just a little cleanup over here. We're talking about a renovation. What we're talking about has radical implications for your life and your family. And we're going to keep drilling on this and beating on these drums till either people begin to want to desire this or we run them off. I don't know which one. Because <laughs> I don't see it anywhere else in Scripture that we can do anything else. I just don't. I love what Richard Foster says. I know I'm giving you a lot of quotes. Some of, you, some of these you've heard before. But I love these. Richard Foster says in his book, Streams of Living Water, he says, now when I speak of Christian community, I'm referring not just to the work of the church and certainly not churches as they are often manifest today. I'm speaking of an alternative way of living that shows forth social, social life that it is meant to, in a, 
life as it is meant to be lived. Communities of love and acceptance, fellowships of freedom and liberation, centers of hope and vision, societies of nurture and accountability, little pockets of life and light so stunning that a watching world would declare, see how they love one another. The question comes flying back anytime you say anything about, about this. Is Kurt, do you really believe this is possible? Well, the alternative to that question is what? Give up? Is that, is that the alternative? Because I don't know of any land in between on that one. It's either don't try to do it or try it and see how far God moves us. See how lives are changed in it. Because the other option is not good and why not here? We saw it in the early church, didn't we? We saw them coming together and transforming history. Not just that culture, history. You look around at what we're trying to do here at Renovation, one of the reasons we ask you to wear a name tag at Renovation, and thank you for those who do, and thank you for those who understand why, but the reason why we do, we want to, we, we want to be a place where you can't hide. I'm not saying if you didn't put one on today, you're trying to hide. That's not what I said. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just saying we're doing it because we want this to be a place where you can't. We want this to be a place where you, you're known. Even if it's just at this pace, this point, it's a place where you're known. It's move, removing one little layer. Just one, but a little layer. Some of the things we're doing right now through Uncommon Training uh, is, is pushing people to that depth of beginning to, t- to dig in and, 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 and mine out some of the things in their lives, but it's also to have conversation around tables that I've never heard of before that we're having right now that's deep, the potential to even go even deeper. We're moving into our stretch run right now with the uncommon, so be praying for us even if you're not in it. If you're in it, be praying. If you're not, be praying for us as we begin to mine this out. But one of the things, and even in our men's and women's Bible studies, that intimacy, that going deeper, one of the things, though, I would say about uh, Uncommon right now, and I know it's not just Uncommon, but prayer is part of it, is the fact that our staff, your staff, has gone so much deeper over the last three months. Our staff meetings are not the same as they used to be. It's removing those layers. Removing them. Removing them. Honesty spoken in there. I mean, just flat-out honesty. We're having crucial conversations, and it's awesome. You better be able to take it. better grow up real quick if you're going to be on our staff. Because <laughs> it's coming, baby. <laughs> Gin groups. Last Friday night, two nights ago, we had our 55 up, 55 plus. Some other people snuck in there, I think, but that's all right. No, but 55 plus had around 30 of us there. It was awesome. But for the next two Friday nights, next Friday night, of course, is our college up to 35. We need you there, but I tell you this, and if you're graduating this week and your parents are coming or whatever, GCU or places like that, bring them. Just let us know. We'll provide the food, we'll have it, but, but we want to meet your parents, we want to meet your family, we want, to know, we want your family to know what you've been involved in and who, who, who you're part of here at Renovation. But we'd love to have you. But it is that place, there's really no, it's just eating and hanging out and cornhole for the most part, okay? So, just want you to come. Two weeks, from, be a week from Friday, is the 35 to 55, but that 35 to 55, if you missed one of the others, or are you just now showing up going, hey, man, I should have come to the 55 plus, but I was too old. Now it's too late. No, it's not. Just come. We want you to be a part of it. It's an awesome time. Called gen groups, generational groups. Another one's 
is the basketball league that we're starting tonight. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, one of the things we talk about here about building community is sweat together, laugh together, cry together, dream together. Many of you have heard that over and over. We're going to sweat together to build community. We're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. And we're going to dream together. I've said this about our basketball league. We're going to do a lot of sweating. I'm assuming I'm going to be crying when I go to bed tonight. There's going to be a whole lot of laughing, and some people's dreams are going to get killed because they thought they were great basketball players. So, yeah, that's, this is a dream killer, not a dream uplifter, I'll tell you that. We want everybody to be there, not on the floor, just coming and watching. You can hang out. You can laugh with us. You can sit around table. We'll have tables set up on the sidelines. If you've never been to our gymnasium, you're going to get a chance here in just a few minutes to do that. We just want you to come and watch and just laugh and hang out. You don't even have to watch the game. Just hang out with people around there. And again, uh, we've already got the team set, but for some reason you were not able to get in on that. Come and see Pastor Andy and I, and just in case we had some people drop out along the way. Another one is we're going to be starting an online directory here over the next few weeks. Uh, I'm excited about that. I may have been a slide up on that. I'm not sure, but we're going to be asking for pictures. An online directory where it's a passcode that from our church, you can only get in if you're part of renovation. You'll have to get the code through us, but where you can begin to connect faces and children and those kind of things. Information-wise on there, it'll be, I think, basically just your zip code and an email where people can contact you. We're not going to try to throw all your information out there publicly, but then you can give your information out as you see fit. But at least you're able to begin to connect people around the room, okay? Because one of the things we talk about here at Renovation is just walk across the room. (laughs) Walk across the room, say hi to somebody, connect with somebody. Another one is dinner on the grounds, May 7th. That's, if any of you know, we have dinner right after lunch right here on the grounds. That's something that's been consistent ever since we've opened years ago. And so that's the other one. The other one is, it's what we're about to do here in just a minute. It's called iGen groups, intergenerational groups. Here in just a minute, I'm going to release you. I'm going to be done preaching. And what we're going to do, we're directing you to the gymnasium, which is due west from his, there, here. You can either go out through, the, I'd prefer not to go through the children's building. If you would, either if you go out this way, come around, or you can go out this north door and go all the way down to the gymnasium. You, when you get to the gymnasium, you're going to find six, set, six sets of numbers, okay? Six sets of numbers. It's going to be your age group. And as you walk in, I'm going to ask you to pick the number off of that age group and go set in that circle. Circles will be set up in the gymnasium. You'll go set in that circle. And you'll sit down in it, and hopefully by it's all over, there'll be six, gener- six age groups in your circle. Be a set of five questions. Some are really, really funny. Some are, are insightful. I, all of them are insightful, actually, but, but some are a little, little deeper, but not too bad. We try not to go deep. All I ask you is not to try to go deep. This is not a counseling session. These people have never met you before for the most part. So all we're asking is just a little bit of surface, but it's a way to take one layer off. One little layer off. If you're here for the first time, I understand this may be too uncomfortable for you, and I get all that. Hey, we live by faith here. Take a risk. <laughs> okay? We just do. And uh, that's who we are. That's what we're trying to become. But one of the things is, again, and I'm, next Sunday I'm going to be preaching on the generations because one of the things we're talking about through this series of Mosaic, we're going to be talking about the generations that attend here. We're going to be talking about people come at different levels of their faith when they show up here. We know that. I know around this room people are at different stages of their faith, but we can all come together as Mosaic and move everybody forward together. We know that there are parents in here who have children in their home being raised right now. We want to talk about that. We have marriages, obviously, inside of all that. We have empty nesters who now what do I do with my life? Where are we going from here? We have singleness. We're going to be talking about that one week. Those are the things we're going to be talking about through Mosaic because God has brought that kind of group of people together and he's making something beautiful out of it. Amen? Amen? Amen. I believe that with all my heart. That's what we're trying to do here. Philip Yancey says this because we know this the church is not perfect. 
He says, I look back, he said, in his book called What's So Amazing About Grace, he says, I look back on my pilgrimage marked by wandering detours and dead ends. I see now what pulled me along was my search for grace. I rejected the church for a time because I found so little grace there. I returned because I found grace nowhere else. I hope that you're encouraged today that you're peculiar, that you're different, but you're different for good. You're different for those. You should be good news wherever you go. It should be good news to you and everybody else. But what I love being a part of this holy tribe that goes from Asia to Africa to North America to Europe to South America to the Middle East, from dirt floors to carpet, from the wealthiest to the poor, there is no caste system here. A nation without borders, no earthly leader, they cannot and will never be extinguished. Amen and amen. I'm going to encourage you to be a part of the IGN group. I think it will be extremely beneficial. It is unique. Uh, maybe there's other churches doing it. I've not been a part of it before. We've been doing it for about four years for the most part. I think I'm going to pray. I'm going to release you. Of course, you can go home, obviously. Uh, if you're basketball, the one thing is we do have a meeting at 1130, so sit out in your car until afterwards if you don't want to do this. But just we do need you there uh, at 1130, 11, right around that, right after we get through with the IGN groups. But I just thank you for being here today. We believe there is nothing in the world like the local church. And when it's functioning well, it ultimately is the hope of the world. Those pockets, as Richard Foster said, those pockets of love and acceptance, of accountability and encouragement, those pockets. I believe we're all designed for it. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? If you would, again, please stick around for it. Even if it makes you nervous, I think from my history with this, it will be a great, great blessing to you. That's my thought. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for our folks here, Lord. We know that a lot of other places they could be, a lot of other reasons to leave here in a few minutes. But I just pray, Lord, that out of this, that even this day they'll say, okay, there's something peculiar about God's people. Maybe they're here today and it's, they really don't even know what all this is all about, but they'll just stick around and just see from across the ages how beneficial it can be to hear each other's story. Lord, we thank you for this. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed to your IGN groups. And once you get out there, if you're sitting in a circle for a little bit, and somebody's, there's not enough, we've got people who will coordinate that, so don't worry, they'll get you in the circle. You don't have to worry about it. Just go sit in your circle, and we'll have people come over and help you. Thank you.